0: What's up guys, we are here today, we're doing something slightly different, I say we, I'm actually not here for this episode much, just in this intro, Isaac and Candice went on with our buddy Sam, Sam covers the Warriors for Sports Ethos, so we got a little bit of a co-show, you're gonna get some Grizzlies talk from Candace and Isaac, you're gonna get some Warriors perspective from Sam, it's gonna be a great show, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening, you can get the show on Twitter, at Ethos Grizzlies, Isaac is at Isaac underscore rivals. Candace changed her Twitter handle. New handle for her is at Candace H 901. I am at David W two one one one. Take a listen. Hope you guys enjoy this. Sam, Isaac and Candice done a great job looking forward to this Warriors and Grizzlies matchup. What's up guys? It's David. Before we go any further, I've got to take a couple moments here to tell you about our new partner at Ethos Grizzlies, Ember and Valor. Ember and Valor specializes in beard care products. Let them take your beard to the next level with their easy two step process. You get started with the beard oil to condition your skin and prevent the dreaded beard itch. You finish it off with Ember and Valor's beard balm to condition and shape your beard. Go over to emberinvalor.com right now and use promo code ethosgrizz for 25% off. Let them get you the beard you've always wanted. e m b e r a n d v a l o r E-M-B-E-R-A-N-D-V-A-L-O-R.com, promo code ethosgrizzlies for 25% off. I've got to run it by you one more time. I can't allow you to miss it. 25% off at Valor.com right now using our promo code ethosgriz. That's E-T-H-O-S-G-R-I-Z-Z at Valor.com for 25% off of all of their products. Ember and Valor makes all of their products using all natural ingredients, Get over there, check them out, use the promo code, let them know we sent you. You will not be disappointed. Emberandvalor.com. Look good, feel good.
1: Doing great. Yeah, we got Candace on as well. Yep. Appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, talk some hoops. We got a, what I believe is going to be a highly competitive and, and very fun-to-watch matchup here between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Yep. sure um so I did have a couple a couple topics and then we'll kind of see see where the conversation takes us before we actually start talking about the playoffs I did quickly want to touch on something and get your guys' opinions um, on the Grizzlies perspective you know I know that there's this you know that we've developed a little bit of a rivalry between these two franchises and uh, correct me if I'm wrong but I think it goes back to the Iguada trade coming over to Memphis not wanting to play for you for the Grizzlies um what's your guys's take on all of that the Iguada situation and, and how that's kind of fueled this rivalry between these two franchises
2: well I'd actually say myself I'd say it actually goes back perhaps a little bit further than that the last time um it, Grizzlies fans at least it left a sour taste in my mouth with the uh the, you know Mike Conley getting injured that that was uh it was 2015 right um sort of that that uh playoff series and uh might going down and it was sort of for the Grizzlies is the end of the grit and grind kind of era everything sort of you know went down for you know at least that's kind of my thought on it and so it may not have been rivalry per se just because the Warriors went on to do obviously great things <laughs> after long after that but uh and then the you get all the things sort of with this new generation I think fueled fueled it from that perspective Think. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: agree with Ken as I think it does kind of go back to that series uh, back in 2015. Uh, Mike Conley uh, it ends up getting hurt and you had Tony Allen getting hurt later in that series. And who knows what would have happened if those two things hadn't happened. I think uh, the Grizzlies would have had a, a chance to come back and, and possibly, possibly win that series. And then you have the, the Eagle dollar thing that goes down and, you know, fans are always going to feed into anything like that. I don't think, I really don't think the Grizzlies really ever had any plans of him being here either. But, I mean, the Grizzlies fans really leaking into that, and I think that fuels the rivalry. And I think the Grizzlies know that if they're going to be taken seriously as a, a, a contender this year and going forward, I think they need know they need to beat the Warriors. Um, I think the Warriors are kind of a standard. Uh, They've they won championships in the past. man. You have that group of guys still there, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and, and Draymond Green. Um, and, and the Grizzlies are young up-and-coming team and, and want to look at themselves in that same light, and I think they know that in order to be looked at that light, especially nationally, they're going to have to knock off this Warriors team, and I think that's going to be kind of their mentality going into this series.
1: Yep. Yeah, good good perspective. I kind of had forgotten about that 2015 series. Um, a lot of people kind of put an asterisk next to that postseason run for the Warriors, because I do believe in most of the rounds, there was kind of a major injury along the way, and you know that that's just how playoff basketball rolls. Sometimes, you know, even even right now, looking at this, at the playoffs this year, you got Devin Booker who was out and now he's back. Chris Middleton now, Joel Embiid with the the orbital fracture out indefinitely. So all all sorts of uh, injuries going on, and obviously yeah. one of the biggest things to uh, to having success in the postseason is is having your guys available and healthy.
3: Yeah, that that's definitely important i mean having guys go down in the playoffs you hate to see injuries anytime but definitely in the playoffs i mean you need to have all hands on deck when you're going up against because any series you go in even if it's one eight it's not going to be easy i mean you saw with phoenix devin booker going down early in that series and the pelicans really pushed them uh you, you saw how that turned out and it just shows you how thin that line is man you have a guy go down it could completely swing a series they end up winning it but they, if they were going against a that had been the second round or in the Western Conference Finals, it probably would have been a different story, uh, and they might not have been able to survive it. So that's definitely a, a big key. Uh, right now, it appears that both of both of these teams are healthy. Uh, Steph, Steph Curry had been coming off the bench. He's now back in the starting lineup. We expect that to continue into this series. Stephen Adams is in health and safety protocols for the Grizzlies, and that's kind of uh, something to watch. I mean, he, did, he was kind of rendered unplayable in the series against the Timberwolves because he had a really hard time and Anthony Towns in game one. And after the Timberwolves were able to take that game, they, they, they didn't really play Stephen in much after that. And, and now he's in health and safety protocols. I think in this series, I think he definitely has a role, definitely more so than he had in the Timberwolves series. But I would be surprised if he, he's able to play before game three. So it'll be interesting to see how or if they implement him back in, especially with him being not playing. That makes it even more strange with him coming back in a middle right. of series. So we'll see how that plays out. Right.
1: Yeah, good points. Uh, Adams has been a Warriors killer historically, even before he came to the Grizzlies. Just high IQ player, super big body bruiser, knows how to use his size, um, attacks the board, finds the open man, attacks the rim. So I think that's a big blow. Yeah, I, d- I do think that Adams would play a pretty big role in this series. And then for the Warriors side, Andre Guadaz, uh dealing with neck spasms. He's going to be reevaluated on Wednesday, but um, you know, definitely going to miss at least... At least a yeah, few games here in that. the series, if, if not yeah. more. Um, you know, Iguodala coming off the bench is definitely more of a veteran presence at, at age 38, but mm-hmm. can still come up timely in the clutch with big plays on both sides. He operates as kind of a, a backup point guard at times, depending on, you know, what what guards are on the floor for the Warriors. So, yeah. Um, but I do agree, you know, kind of overall, most, most of the main guys on both sides are healthy and available. So that's good. Um, just a quick kind of recap of the, of the regular season between these two friend between these two teams. So, uh, it looks like Grizzlies actually went three, one versus the Warriors this season. You guys had our number. We had that highly contested overtime loss at Chase <laughs> center, which was one of our only home losses in the early part of the season. That was quite a good game. Um, a blowout towards the end of the season, um, and then uh, as like 95-123, I think Warriors were resting all of their starters in that game. And then two close two close ones, 104-113 at Chase Center in December, and then 108-116 um, in January. But I will kind of throw the caveat out there, at least on the Warriors side, that in none of those games did we have our entire uh, starting lineup healthy with the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green trio. So... Um, you know, take it for what you will. But what do you guys feel about that regular season? I mean, obviously, you guys feel good about it, winning those games. But <laughs> what's your take on that?
2: Well, I, I think it's a I think it's a pretty good matchup for the Grizzlies in terms of they they have similar styles that they want to play, sort of getting up and down the court. Um, I think they th- th- that the Grizzlies sort of have an advantage when it comes to uh, rebounding, just with their size, especially if Steven Adams, um, you know, plays a role in this series. But um, it just this this is a team that's just good at rebounding. They were number one in offensive rebounding um, in the league. And so I think that's one thing that sort of challenges the Warriors a little bit. And uh, and then turnovers. Um, the Warriors' issues with turnovers, I think, sort of feeds into the Grizzlies' uh, style and how they play. And it gives them a little bit more uh, opportunity to just uh, be themselves, I think. And so it'll be interesting to see how things change. I think we've had, with the exception of that last game where you mentioned they rested they rested. Uh, Steph. I think they rested quite a few of their starters as well. Um, we played two out of the three. I think starters at least. You know, well, maybe not starters, but you know, include. I'm throwing pool in there too. So you know, you may have pool and uh and Steph or or Clay and Steph and, and maybe some pool. But there's been some combination. So they while they haven't had everything all together, I think the Grizzlies at least have confidence. Um, that they can compete with the Warriors and then you know, they'll just have to see, they'll have to clean up some of the things and some of the mistakes that they had against the series and the Timberwolves in order to really be able to truly um, push the Warriors in in, in that way. But if they can do some of those things and if they can get back to the style of basketball that they played for 82 games in a regular season, then I think that uh, you'll see a very competitive series between these two teams.
3: Yeah. I I go a lot of the the sentiments that that Candace said, I think it's uh, in in warrior fans. I've kind of tweeted about this on Twitter and, Sometimes they kind of take this wrong, but I'm not discrediting the Warriors or anything at all. But I do think this is a better matchup stylistically for the Grizzlies than the Timberwolves were. For whatever reason, that, that Timberwolves team just gives this Grizzlies team problems. I mean, we saw it in the four matchups this season; they went two and two. But the Timberwolves had a, a 43 point win up the Target Center uh, earlier in the year. Now Dylan Brooks, uh, which is the Grizzlies' best perimeter defender. Didn't play any of those games, and I think he made a difference. D'Angelo Russell was really a thorn in the Grizzlies' side, and he really shut him down in the series. He did not have a good series in, uh, in this good good series in this uh, Grizzlies-Timberwolves series at all. Um, and, and I think having him back definitely makes a difference. But when you look at the, the Warriors, I think both teams want to get up and down, so I think that's better for the Grizzlies. I think physicality wise, I think the Grizzlies. Are have the have physicality advantage over the Warriors, which they didn't have against Minnesota. And inside, I think that's something that the Grizzlies can, can take advantage of as well. I think Jared Jackson Jr. throughout that series, outside of, of game six, really struggled uh, to stay on the floor with fouls. And the Warriors don't really have that inside scoring threat. They don't have a Carl Anthony Towns that you're, you're having to guard. I mean, Draymond Green is veteran presence. We know what he brings. But offensively, he's not a guy that's going to put a lot of pressure on you. So I think that's going to allow Jerry Jackson Jr. possibly stay out of foul trouble and be on the floor. And when he's on the floor for the Grizzlies, their their defensive metrics are, are off the charts. So and I and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors try to counter John Morant. Uh, the Timberwolves did a really good job of blitzing him and and, and keeping him out of pain and keeping him from getting to his spots. Uh, now I know the Timberwolves they can possibly try to throw Clay Thompson on him or or Andrew Wiggins at times, and Gary Payton has done a, a The second has done a pretty good job against him. But, and that's kind of the guy that that people throw out when 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 I've talked about this on on social media. But the question is, how many minutes are they going to play Gary Payton? And if you're playing him, that means somebody else, one of their other good guards off the floor. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to to me to see how they try to handle John Moran. I think he's going to be able to get downhill a little bit more than he was in this Minnesota series. I don't think they have the personnel to kind of stop that. But what are your thoughts on that, Sam?
1: Yeah, that, that's some good takes for sure. Uh, yeah, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. staying out of foul trouble is a big X factor for you guys. You know, I think in the regular season, I know he led the league in, in total blocks. I think it was also stocks as well, steals some blocks. Yeah, combined. yeah. So he is just a menace. You know, I've had, I I also play uh, fantasy basketball. I had him on my teams. I've had him on my teams in the past. I absolutely love him. Oh, yeah, and definitely I, a I good fantasy player for sure. like <laughs> to enjoy watching the Grizzlies Um over the last few years. But so, yeah, I think that's going to be a really good, uh, a really big part of this matchup, you know, containing John Moran, I think offensive rebounds. Yeah. You guys, you guys are really good at forcing turnovers and getting offensive rebounds. And so for the Warriors, they are definitely undersized. One interesting fact though, for most of the regular season, Um, the Warriors did actually lead the league in defensive rebounding. So even though they're undersized, and I guess maybe you kind of take it with a grain of salt because in certain matchups, it doesn't really matter what you've done over a season if there's just certain guys that are able to really attack the boards. um, And I don't have the numbers up specifically how the Warriors fared in those four regular season games um, from a rebounding perspective, but I do think those are going to be the two keys, right? Rebounds and turnovers um, for for managing the series. As far as um, John Morant, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be difficult for the Warriors to defend, but they do have options. Andrew Wiggins actually, right now, is probably the team's best perimeter defender. Clay Thompson, yeah. you know, is doing better, but I don't think he's back to elite two way status quite yet. Um, he's proven at times he can definitely step up, but. I think they're much more comfortable putting Andrew Wiggins there and Gary Payton too, like you mentioned, and, and also Steve Kerr's kind of been saying this the last few weeks, you know, he'll go to whatever matchups are required um, in the situation. So in this last series with, with the Denver nuggets in, in game five, the closeout game, um, Steve Kerr actually kept Wiggins on the bench and played Gary Payton um, for, for a stretch over him. So I wouldn't rule out Steve Kerr going like four guards with Draymond Green at the five if, if that's what it called if that's what it takes, if Gary Payton's playing well on both sides, um, defensively and offensively as well. So yeah, I think I think that'll be really interesting to see how all of that plays out. There's going to be some unconventional lineups on the floor for sure. I do think that I do agree that the Grizzlies match up much better with the Warriors, probably, than they did with Minnesota. Um and then for, for the Grizzlies, you know, I, I know that John Morant was really getting exposed a lot defensively by Pat Beverly, so it'll be curious to see who does Morant defend, how do the Warriors take advantage of that, because they do have this, this lethal three-guard lineup of Steph Poole and Clay Thompson. Um, you know, I, I would expect that Dylan Brooks is going to be the primary defender on Steph Curry. I also know that, you know, Desmond Bain's been stepping up defensively. He'll probably be matched up with Clay Thompson. Um, So for the Warriors, I think Jordan Poole is a big X factor here. In the first three games of the Denver series, he just looked like the best player on the floor for the Warriors. And that includes Steph Curry, um, just from an offensive efficiency perspective. And then in the last two games, he kind of tailed off a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what version of Jordan Poole shows up now that Steph Curry is back in the starting lineup. It'll be interesting to see what Starting lineup, Steve Kerr elects to go with. Uh, if they'll go with Draymond and Kavon Looney at the four-five with uh Steph Clay and Wiggins at the one, two and the three, or if he'll start small with Curry, Thompson, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond. Um and see and kind of see where it goes from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see that for sure. That's something that we brought up in the podcast last night. It's just interested to see who John, you know, ends up defending and how that sort of matchup goes and and, and how Ja handles it. I'm, I'm curious to see that. I did go back and uh, I was looking at the numbers for the rebounding. It does look like for the game, so I'm not excluding the last game, for the games that, the, you know, Steph or, or uh, Draymond, you know, your core players played, that the Warriors did out-rebound them defensively. And so defensive rebounds, they either uh, won that battle or they tied that battle, but because of the offensive rebounds, uh, Grizzlies still ended up winning the overall rebounding battle, which is interesting. So I'm curious to see how that'll uh, how that'll look in the in the playoffs too. Yeah,
1: yeah no, with, and also, oh, uh, yeah, go, go
3: ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, with, with Ja uh, there with the Warriors, there's really, like you said, no one to hide him on defensively. I mean, they're mm-hmm. with with those guards, I mean, there you got to account for all of those guys. So that's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think the playoff games are are a chess match, and I think this series more than even the norm it's definitely going to be a chess match to see how these teams match up with each other you, you talk about running those four guards out there with Draymond Green and I think we saw it in the Timberwolves series that Taylor Jenkins is not scared to deploy John ja Moran and Tyus Jones at the same time and I think that's kind of how they would counter it I think you would see John ja Morant, Tyus Jones um, and maybe even Desmond Bain and, and, and Dylan Brooks along with Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five to, to kind of counter that I mean I, th- I think this is going to be a Tremendous series again, man. Us here in Memphis, man, watching and covering this series against the Timberwolves—that was not fun, man. I mean, I—it was taxing. He, he emotionally, i felt like I was out there working with the guys, man. It felt like that series started three months ago, man. It—it it, it was just a, a tough series to get through. And I'm like, man, if we can just get through this series, man, and get to the second round and, and take on the Warriors, I think it'll be much more statically pleasing. Um, and not that the Warriors are easy opponents, but the Warriors are definitely a better team than the Timberwolves. I just think the Grizzlies will be able to play more like the team that we saw for, for 82 games versus what we saw in the series against Minnesota.
2: Right. Yeah, just as a reference, of Ja Morant, of all the teams he played in the regular season, his lowest field goal percentage was against the Timberwolves. Yeah. So it yeah. Was, that, that's just it's something that's been consistent. No matter what the circumstances, they just know how to defend Ja in a way that other teams just, I guess it comes down to personnel, just to have a heart with the personnel to to really guard him like that.
1: Yeah, the Pat the Pat Beverly effect.
2: Well, I'd say even more than that, it's just their size. Because, yeah, because Pat Beverly, Be- the one on one matchup with Pat
1: Beverly.
2: Yeah. I I don't think that was a big of a factor, but just when they blitz him, having yeah, that yeah. bigger guard on, on on him sort of forces him to you know make decisions. And he's used to being double team. He's one of the most double teamed uh players in the league. But just when you add that size and level of physicality that the Timberwolves have, it just was tough on Josh ja, Just gets him.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, they were throwing Anthony Edwards on them. I mean, they were just right. doing all kinds of stuff, man, pushing him out of paint. They just would not let him get downhill. He, he found his spots. Uh, I mean, in game game five, he was able to get downhill in that fourth quarter. In game two, he was able to get going. But outside of that, man, he really just never never found his rhythm. I mean, you could see it on his face. They had him extremely frustrated. I mean, you could you could really tell it uh, early in game five, in that first half, man, when he's at the free throw line, he was in his head. You could just – see it man and he, and he even talked about it after the games man he's like this series has been tough man um it, it's been tough on me they made it tough on me I don't feel like Ja right now and I got to get back to that he, he had moments but he never looked like the Ja Morant that that we we know and love and we used to seeing in that series outside of a, a, a couple quarters here and there
1: is this did you guys kind of expect this going into the series like you said that you 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 guys had struggled against Minnesota in the regular season, that 43 point loss, um, or was this kind of a surprise? Cause you know, obviously I think the Grizzlies, um, from my perspective, and I think for a lot of other people, maybe not for you guys, you know, cause you guys have been watching them more closely, but kind of exceeded expectations for, for going into this regular season. Um, and you know, you guys did take care of the Warriors in the playing game last season and you got some experience with the first round, um, matchup against the Utah Jazz. Obviously, that didn't go as you would have liked, but getting a little bit of playoff experience, but still for like John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., it's not like you guys have been to the playoffs, you know, three, four, five times. You're still kind of learning on the job. Um, But, you know, considering how well you did over the regular season I'm just curious to see you know expectations high and was it tempered a little bit with kind of you know having that battle against the Timberwolves or going into the series it was kind of like yeah this is going to be a fight I mean we should we should advance but I think it's going to be tough how did you guys feel about that
2: I think I think we knew early I mean when Timberwolves ended up being the opponent that was sort of you know, both, both for Isaac and I was our least ideal opponent, just because the Warriors is just one of, I mean, not the Warriors, sorry, the Timberwolves are just one of those teams that we struggled against in the regular season that they just couldn't put it together. And there was optimism, right? I, I think uh, I felt confident that ultimately they'd win the series, but that it'd be tough um, and that it'd be really hard on them. It was concerned about, you know, Pat Bev and just how physical they are, jaw injuries and sort of, he sort of got, you know, kind of nicked up and banged up in the series as, you know, that was something that, that was a concern. And uh, I think it, to to me, I wasn't surprised. I don't think there was anything about that, that really surprised me. I I did think they'd be able to take control of the games for longer stretches, but I did know it would be a battle. I think that's the only thing that would surprise me just, you know, how far down they got, but that, that battle, that constant struggle, I I knew that the Grizzlies were not going to look like themselves because they rarely do against this team. There aren't a lot of teams that have been able to, put the Grizzlies in that kind of position and Timberwolves were one of them. So um, when, when Timberwolves were the opponent, I, I knew we were in for a fight.
3: Yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't surprised at all. I said, Grizzlies in six to start the series. Uh, and as Candace said, I thought that they might be able to take the control a little bit more than they did. Uh, they were able to win four games, but pretty much outside of game two, all those games were really ugly. Timberwolves had big games, big leads in those games and they had to, to try to kind of fight back and win it. but a lot of people, I think, even people here at Memphis and, and Grizz fans and, and definitely nationally seem to be kind of down on the Grizzlies. And I, and I kind of going into this Warriors series after what they saw because uh, the, the narrative is kind of they struggle with the the, the seven seed. And, and I kind of caution people to to not put a whole lot of stock in that I, I, because this Timberwolves team, if you watch throughout the record season, these four matchups, if if you watch these games, you knew this was coming. I mean, out of all the teams in the league, the Timberwolves probably did the best of of a blitz of John, taking John the game and you cut the head of the stake off and and, and your team really struggles. And it carried over into this series with the Timberwolves. I I think I I really do think this, and again, this is not overconfidence or anything and not even saying that the Grizzlies are going to win this series or take anything away from the Warriors. I just feel like they're going to look better and look different against this Warriors team for whatever reason. And I, I don't know what it is that Timberwolves team just causes them problems. I mean, game after game, I felt like, okay, Finally, this is going to be the game where this looks like a two-seven series. Grizzlies are going to put their foot on the gas. They're going to go past this team and, and 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 they're going to and they're going to end this thing. And it just never came. I mean, you look at that game three up in Minnesota. Timberwolves with a twenty-six point lead, and I think a twenty-five point lead, blow both of those. Grizzlies come back and win that game, and you're thinking, okay, this is a seven seed. They're young. Most of these guys on their team don't have a lot of playoff experience outside of Bev and Cat and D'Angelo Russell had a couple t there, but. Overall, the team doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. Either. You're thinking, oh, they're going to fold. They're going to go and Grizz going to come out in game four and kind of put their foot on their neck, and it, it didn't happen. I mean, you saw the Timberwolves come out and play three more really tough games after that, and they just never folded. That game never came. But I, I really do think a lot of what we saw in the Grizzlies struggle in that series was just about the matchup. I, I really do think that. Um, and, and a lot of people are kind of thinking that this team is, kind of different now or not playing as well as we saw in, in, in the, the regular season to over 82 games and I don't think that's quite the case I think we're going to find out a lot more in the series with the Warriors but I got a feeling that they're going to they're going to look a lot better in the series when a lot we're going to lose
1: so I did believe that I saw something this morning from Morant correct me if I'm wrong did Morant tweet this morning Warriors and Six?
2: No, I think that was a that was a it was so yes somebody else pulled that up and it was from 2015. So oh, okay. it's a it's like an yeah. old tweet. Somebody yeah. pulled up and like did the the face palm emoji or something like that, just going you know because they're <laughs> actually playing the Warriors now in this playoffs. But yeah, it was an old tweet from like 2015.
1: Okay, good because I was confused by that. I was like, wait, what? Because I know yeah, you no. guys are confident, right? So I I think I you know and kind of go into predictions here maybe a little bit for for the series and and how I think it's going to go. You know, I I think that this is going to go six or seven games. I do think that the war I do give an edge to the Warriors simply because they have I mean honestly it's hard to bet against a team that's had five finals appearances for a core group of four or five guys. So um, I do think that if the Warriors can manage their turnovers and control the rebounds, contain jaw, if we get Normal performances from Steph, Poole, and Clay. I think it's going to be too much for, for the Grizzlies to handle, um, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Far from it. I think it's going to be much more difficult than the Nuggets series by far. Um, you know, but you know, I think it's going to be game by game. Stephen Adams being available is going to be a big wild card. I think Andre Iguodala can have a big impact if he's available. Um, I think Steve Kerr is going to deploy a different rotation than what we saw in the Denver Nuggets series, so I think there'll be a little bit more Jonathan Kaminga getting some playing time. Um, there's going to be a lot more small ball on both sides, so you know, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, you know, how much is Gary Payton going to play, and how effective can he be? Um, you know, I did want to actually bring up something earlier about uh, the Warriors and in their inside presence, you know, and and they do actually get a lot of shots at the rim. It's just usually on drives, um, and not necessarily like on post-ups. So, uh, and, and it's funny if you watch Gary Payton II, he plays like a big, honestly, he plays like a center just kind of hovering around the rim. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if both teams decide to go small. And even if you've got like Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble and you, you plug in, Brandon Clark, who I also love, and I think he's a great, great player for you guys. You know, I think both teams can roll with small lineups, but I do think then that favors the Warriors a little bit in terms of being able to score at the rim, especially if Jaron Jackson Jr. is not one of those five on the floor. Um, but I do remember uh, Xavier Tillman has been a thorn in the Warriors' side. It always seems like when he comes off the bench uh, or, or plays, he, he just wreaks havoc on the Warriors, similar as, as uh, Steven Adams has as well. So you guys got a really deep team. You've got a lot of options. The Warriors do too. I think this is going to be a really entertaining series. There's going to be a lot a lot of moving pieces. You know, coach, you know coaching on both sides is going to be on full display. I think uh, Taylor Jenkins has done a great job with the group. I think he's a great coach. Steve Kerr also gets um, some credit as well. Although on Twitter, you know, they typically eat up Steve Kerr. Um anytime the team loses or even wins for that matter too. It's like, why did why did this guy yeah. not play? I think that's just
3: fans yeah. <laughs> in general.
1: Yeah, right. Um so I think this is gonna be this is gonna be some some really good basketball to watch 100%. I'm excited for it.
3: Yeah, I think this is gonna be a, a great series and I think I think the Grizzlies are in a unique position. Uh, I think in in the series against Minnesota for the first time, the, the Grizzlies were have hunt it and they're not usually in a position where they're not the underdogs. And I think that was a, a new situation for them. And going into this series, despite them being the two seed and Golden State being the three seed, I, I think the Golden State is going to be the favorite in the series, and the Grizzlies are, are, are going to be the hunters uh, in, in the series again. And I think the Grizzlies kind of thrive better in that underdog role. Uh, John Moran is a guy who, can take anything, anything that, that comes up, he can take that as multiple board material and use it to to kind of focus himself, whether it's something that somebody on the opposing team says, a coach or something something in the media says about picks against the Grizzlies, no matter what it is, he's kind of like Michael Jordan asking that way that he just finds these weird things to to motivate him. And I think them being an underdog role in the series while also having home court advantage, I think that's a unique and not a bad spot to be in. Um, and, and someone asked me what was my prediction earlier. My earlier prediction is Grizz and seven, uh, now, but I can see this series going either way. Uh, I, I mean, I think, like you said, if there's any advantage that, that Golden State has, I definitely think experience-wise. I mean, Steve Kerr and that staff, again, as I said earlier, you still have Steph, Clay and Draymond, those core of guys that went through those battles and won those championships. I mean, that's not going to be easy to overcome uh, for this Grizzlies team, but I think one thing about this Grizzlies team is they're fearless. I mean, they don't have the same mentality. I think Minnesota's kind of that same way. Don't have the mentality of that you would think a young team to have that's going to fold, that you're going to get them in a situation to where they, like, again, a late game focus. I mean, you saw, I mean, against Minnesota's a young team and, and Golden State's not going to fold the way that Minnesota did in those four quarters, but they're, Grizzlies are not going to back down like like you expect. They're not going to be able to kind of out veteran them and, and and push them over and think they're going to fold. It's just not this team. Uh, whether they should, feel like they're not, man. They have the swagger and in, in this confidence in them that they're, they're going to go out there. And, they, and I feel like they feel like they're the better team. And I think sometimes that's half the battle. Uh, but, but again, I think it's going to be a great series. But I'm going to go Grizzly in seven. I mean, I think having home court advantage in this series, I think it's going to be big for the Grizzlies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly what sort of sways my prediction on um, one. I think the Grizzlies can play well against this team. So I'm, I'm going to go for, for my team, uh, but also, you know, with grit, but the two, the combination I think of the Grizzlies being more comfortable being the underdog and having home court advantage, I think works. It plays right into their favor uh, to sort of give them an opportunity to, to flip the series or, or to, you know, upset because the upset, I think those two things combined are uh, exactly probably where the Grizzlies would want to be, and they have to take advantage of those opportunities and they have to play better. Um, they just do. They have to take the lessons from uh, the first round series and be able to apply them quickly. And we'll we'll see if they'll be able to do that. But because of those two things in the combination, I, I go Grizzlies seven myself.
1: Does your uh, does your prediction change at all if uh, some for some reason Steve Adams can't return? No.
3: No, my, mine doesn't because, again, I think they've kind of had to
1: persevere had to without him, him because, again, yeah.
3: he didn't play much in the Timberwolves series. And you talk about Xavier Tillman, man, that was an interesting point that you brought up. He has had a lot of success against the team, I and mean, we saw that in that, that play-in game last year. uh um, hit a big three there in overtime. I think overtime, to that, that, that kind of seal that one. Um, I mean, he for some reason, he matches up well. I mean, you look at his matchup going up against Draymond, I think that's a, a really good matchup for him. So, I mean, he could be a – a factor in this series. And, and the Grizzly can go small in this one. Um, I, I just There's just so many different things that we could see in this series. And, and I'm just super excited, man, to see it start tomorrow.
1: Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, one thing I wanted to, to add there, uh, it is it is not just Steph, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Obviously, that's the core three. But you do have to add Kavon Looney and uh, Iguodala in there as well. So uh, Warriors are an interesting mix of, of these five kind of veteran players and then a whole bunch of young guys who don't have much experience but I am curious so do you guys think Morant will open on pool then matchup wise
2: that's possible it's more likely than than any other scenario I could think of um so yeah that wouldn't surprise me
3: yeah I think that's what happens because I think you're you're definitely going to see uh uh Dylan Brooks on on Steph Curry I think we know that and I think if you kind of look at size-wise, I think you, you, you're you going to have to put Destin Bain on, on Clay Thompson. So I think that's what we're going to see. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, again, you're not going to be able to hide him kind of the way that you did on Pat Beverly. I mean, I think it's going to have to be a, a team defensive effort uh for the Grizzlies uh, in, in this series. Uh, But again, man, I, I just think the Grizzlies match up really well. I think when you look at the, the depth off the bench, uh, the Grizzlies are really deep. I um, mean, you look at the two benches, I, I would give the Grizzlies... The advantage there. I mean, these guys—it's been a next next man up mentality all year. I mean, guys have been in and out of this lineup, and I know the same thing with the Warriors. Uh, but, but these guys have had to play minutes, and I think they're battle tested and ready to come in. I mean, we've seen Taylor Jenkins, even in the playoffs play ten guys. I think Zaire Williams is a is a rookie who got some minutes early in that Minnesota series. Went down with knee soreness. I, I think we'll see what, when he can get back, but I think he's another guy that. Potential player in this series when you when you talking about having those four guys. He's a guy that comes in. I mean, he's still a little green. I mean, of course he's been a rookie, but he has some length and some defensive ability that he can display at times. and can knock down a corner three. I got a feeling that he's going to be a factor in this series as well.
2: And he held his own against Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry. And he's going to get his numbers, especially against a rookie. But you know, for for him to be coming in as a rookie and guarding it, you made yeah. it tough on Steph. He did. It, it yeah, he did. That was true. Yeah, he has
1: some good some good size and length for sure. Yeah.
2: So, and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, that's interesting. I, can I ask you a question about Kevon Looney? I, last Go time ahead. I checked, and I don't know if it changed as the series went on, because I just, I knew that the the Warriors were going to blow out the, the Nuggets. So I didn't watch that series super closely. But uh, I, I noticed that uh, initially they limited Kevon Looney's mom, uh, minutes. Um, did did that continue? And do you think, or how do you think that will work? Or did it, will they play him more against against the Grizzlies? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so... um. Kavon, so the Warriors are, or Steve Kerr really just plays the matchup. So early in the series, Steph Curry's coming off the bench. It was useful for Kavon Looney to open on Nikola Jokic to just be a big body, bump around, pick up some fouls, um, and and kind of keep Draymond fresh. As this as the series progressed and Curry wanted to re-enter the starting lineup um, in game five, they opted to just bring Looney off the bench. So okay. I think it really depends on the matchup, because I'm, I'm thinking about this as just actually going to ask a question, you know, because I don't think either teams announced their starting lineups. Uh, if if Memphis goes Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman is the 4-5, I do think the Warriors or Steve Kerr will probably match up like Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, 4-5, because I, I think mm-hmm. what we saw in the last game in Denver in Game 5 uh, Andrew Wiggins has trouble playing up a position. So I don't think, you know, Wig- Wiggins struggled defending Aaron Gordon. So if Wiggins has to defend um, JJJ, I don't know how how best suited he'd be in that role versus, you know, guarding John Morant, for example. So, uh, but if you guys start JJJ at the five, then I do think Looney comes off the bench. Um, but Looney is just one of those guys who doesn't really make an impact on the box score, but is really just does all the intangibles. Um, Mm -hmm. He doesn't make mistakes. He sets good screens. He can pass the ball. He knows when to finish a play. He he's been with the warriors. uh, They drafted him at 19. So he's, and he's only like 26. So he's been with the warriors six, seven years. He's dealt with a ton of injuries, Um, Nice story about him this year. He's one of five players to play in all 82 games. So that was quite an accomplishment for him because he's had a handful of seasons where he only played like 10-15 games, multiple um, surgeries and whatnot. So I do think he can have a role here at times, but yeah, he's not going to be a high usage guy. He's not going to play 30 minutes, um, but he can can definitely muck it up and, and play big and just helps take some pressure off of Draymond Green. Um, I don't think Nemanja Bjelica will get into this series that much, but I do think Otto Porter Jr. will be really important for the Warriors off the bench. Mm-hmm. And then Jonathan Kaminga, I'm really yeah, curious what what, about what he's going to yeah. do. I think he's going to play a lot more in this series than in the Denver series and, and see what he can do. Because Kaminga is one of the few players on the Warriors who can put his head down and get to the rim and draw fouls. And um, he's been exceptionally good at hitting his free throws, but, you know, he's still only 19 years old. It's his first playoff series. He didn't look that good when he did get opportunity in Denver, in the Denver series. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, Steve Kirk also likes to go, you know, 8, 9, 10 deep. But we'll see, you know, without Iguodala, I think that, that kind of makes things a little bit more difficult because you need to have another ball handler on the floor. So... Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how how all of this goes.
3: Yeah, it, it's definitely gonna be fun. Kamika was a, a guy that I was just about to ask you about before you mentioned him, uh, because I mean he was big for this team at times. Just times this year, especially when Draymond Green was down for injury. I was kind of surprised with kind of how the Denver series went for him because I felt like he would be big uh, for the Warriors off the bench uh, because he's a guy that I think can, can cause you some problems uh, if he's coming in. And, and going up against Jerry Jackson Jr., he's a guy that can can really score at times, man, can even at times step out and knock down a three-pointer. So he's a guy that has to be accounted for. Like you said, he's only 19 years old, but I was just kind of surprised with seeing the impact that he's had at times just kind of be a non-factor in, in that yeah. series against another. Steve
1: Kerr's, Steve Kerr's old school. So, Kameda yeah, he, he's, a, he's not a guy that loves rookies, yeah. And that was, that was Jordan Poole this season, too, despite how good he was in the first part of the season when Clay Thompson came back. Um, Steve Kerr didn't just pool you know the same amount of minutes he made him earn it so he's pr- steve Kerr's proven to like really push his guys this young players that he has expectations for and earn his trust and so he'll always defer to the vet over the rookie unless he feels like um, the situation calls for it. Um, so uh, we got about 45 seconds left here any kind of closing thoughts um, before we sign off
2: now I just decide to see where this series goes. I know it'll be competitive and I think it'll be fun. Uh, so I'm I'm just excited.
3: Yeah. But one quick thing. I think it's a tough turnaround, even though the Warriors will have had three days off. I mean, they didn't know who their opponent was until uh, last night. So I think they're flying into having to practice and flying into Memphis today, if I heard correctly. And Grizzlies didn't fly back to Memphis today at all. So it's kind of a kind of a, a rush having that game at 2.30 tomorrow, man. That's going to be interesting to see how both of these teams respond but i think it's going to be a a, a really great series man and I'm, I'm excited about it
1: yeah me too and we'll definitely have to do a check-in mid-week, maybe after the first two games when we switch Careful. Uh, yeah yep. all right guys thank you man. thank you so much for jumping on man thanks yeah. for having me